The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Greg, we're back. We are back. And you were just telling me about an iconic uh, company and a really neat brand in New Brunswick um, that I had no, absolutely no awareness of. It's because you are a come from away. You're a CFA. I am. And, uh, you know, you, you've been, how long have you been living in, in New Brunswick? I have been here since 2000, so we're like almost 18 years. You are excused for not being completely aware of this particular brand. Plus, you're in St. John, not Fredericton. So... Mm. Two episodes ago, we had Bridget Olin on from Crosby's Molasses. Yep. Very cool. And we were talking about those legacy brands that have come out of New Brunswick. Like, let's just think of a few. Like, I remember Sims Brush Factory. Yes. Crosby's Molasses. Yeah. What's, Irving. Um, what were the Mc- symbols? Fabian. Sabi- Sabian, Sabian symbols. Fabian. Uh, Fabian. <laughs> that's from the Zildjian uh, family. Uh, McCain Foods. Ganon. Chocolates. Moosehead Breweries. The list goes on and yes. on and on. One of those brands was the Heart Shoe Company. And for the military back in the day, these these shoes were legendary. And our, our guest today is gonna tell us a little bit about the history of these of these shoes, but there's a lot of nostalgia in these shoes. And in Fredericton, across from the liquor store, which I know very well, is a beautiful big brick building. And years ago, when I was working on a film in Fredericton, it was a big feature film, we used it as our production office because it was run down and falling apart and cheap probably. Now it's all renovated in departments and whatnot, but it used to be the Heart Shoe Factory. And next time you go to Fredericton, take a look. It is amazing. So our very special guest today is Andrew Bedford, who is the CEO of Ginger Design, uh, You know, doing some really great work in helping uh, brands tell, tell stories that make impact. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stop there and bring Andrew in right now. Andrew, welcome to The Boiling Point. I want you to take the story to the next level, okay? we. <laughs> I, I By the way, much, much uh, respect to what you guys are doing, reviving an old brand. So take it away, Andrew. T- tell us a bit more about you. Sure. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, my first business was Ginger, and we're a digital marketing agency in Fredericton. That company kind of reached a little point of uh, maturity where we started. I started wondering, okay, well, where is my next challenge going to be? And, uh, and over the last couple of years, I have grown a certain affinity for, for shoes. I love shoes. I'm a shoe guy. Um, I guess that goes without saying. And being in and around Fredericton, I'm originally from Moncton, but I've been in Fredericton very aware of the old Hartshoe factory. And a couple of years ago, I went on Facebook as a, a group that had, where people share vintage photos. And I came across this story where there's a gentleman who had a pair of sterling lined, high quality, Goodyear welted winter boots made by the Hartshoe factory that he had bought 47 years prior and wore those boots every day of winter since. Um, 
so after that, I just kind of was taken with the brand and this lore and this, you know, the, uh, the old time way of doing this. And instead of the disposable society, you know, doing things right and doing them to last. Um, so that just kind of triggered, uh, I guess an intense passion for the brand. And then I started, you know, getting more into it and then learning about the shoe market. And, you know, I started seeing all these successful startups with, uh, you know, direct consumer shoe brands online, um, coming out of the U S and just, you know, seeing a bit of buzz happen around the shoe industry. Um, and it coming and turning back away from the whole disposable, you know, type of footwear that we've all come to rely on. And yeah, so one day I was just walking by the factory. I was like, this is too important not to exist. And I made a decision that it had to come back. And, uh, but uh, so, but one of the things people often think about the Hatchu factory that was, you know, it was a local company, but really it, it was started 119 years ago. So 1898, uh, the company was founded. And by like 1905, they had 500 employees. They were making 2000 pair of extremely high quality shoes every single day. And this, they had a retail chain, uh, cross country, um, that it was the shoe that the politicians wore in Ottawa. There was a, a hard shoe store across the street from Parliament Hill. Um, so it really was a major success story for New Brunswick. And that's kind of the hard story I want to tell and what we're so proud of and what we're trying to rebuild. How does one go about reviving a brand? Like what, what exactly was involved in that? Well, it started with a desire, I guess. Um, but after that, it was trying to find, you know, who owns the IP, the intellectual property around the brand. And um, another thing people often don't know about the brand, it was at the end of its life, it was owned by Prada Group out of Italy. Uh, so it was, it, you know, the company over the years have been bought up by larger and larger um, multinational corporations. And, uh, you know, when it time came time to close it, people often think, oh, this was, you know, just a local company that couldn't make it anymore. Well, it was really more of a part of like a global sourcing strategy. Um, obviously, I've not talked to the people who made those decisions, but, you know, it was a global brand. Uh, so we tracked down where that IP landed and we tracked it down to there was a partnership between a New York investment firm and an entrepreneur from Toronto who had purchased it to do a kind of a retail play and a couple of Canadian major cities. And it went well up until 2007 where, um, you know, the, the crash happened, market changed and the demand for that product went away and then um, kind of so did their retail operation. And they just kind of been lying in wait since. So we uh, had the opportunity to pick it up and jumped on it. And Andrew, were you able to also get the IP of the, the designs as well? Or are you, you know, designing shoes that have, the same spirit of the originals. So it's one of those things where there's not a lot of IP around those designs because a, a classic dress shoe, men's dress shoe is something, you know, there are fashion forward designs and, you know, things do change over the years, but the classic staples like the black toe cap or the, uh, the, the wingtip Oxford, those things really don't change over time. So it's really been a, a process of curating, you know, what is, that classic shoe. So our brand is all about a shoe of a quality that'll last you 20, 25 years with proper care and, and making shoes in a design and style that are going to stand the test of time. And, and as a testament to that, I've got a pair of uh, hard shoes from 19, the 1960s that I, I wear today and I'd have to tell you how old they were. You'd never know. Isn't that something? I think this is so cool. Now, I was talking to one of your uh, compadres, Peter McMath, and I asked about the building. So, you know, the building I just mentioned earlier, Dave, you know, the, 
the Hartshoe Factory. It's an, it's an iconic building in Fredericton. It's one of those historic buildings that, you know, I think the city really embraces as, as a rich piece of their heritage. And, uh, but you, Andrew, you guys aren't in there, are you? Is there, is there any way that you, or are you guys planning on finding a way to get in there just, just for that incredible story's sake? Well, absolutely. Um, I think that is a really part, important part of the brand story. Um, we want to be able to say, you know, we've been at this location for 119 years and proud of it. We're not there right now. Um, you know, where there's a will and a desire. Um, obviously, it, you know, it's full of uh, apartments, like it's been turned into two apartments and a couple of ground floor commercial spots. So, but one of my dreams is to start by putting a museum in, in the ground floor of that building. Um, I have to talk to them about it. I guess I'm saying this kind of publicly right now, but, you know, I think everybody would love to see that happen. Uh, be another tourism draw in the town and just kind of we could sell shoes out of there or we could, uh, you know, um, even start to do parts. So one of the things that makes our shoes special is they're recraftable. We can resell them. So when you wear your shoes out, you give them back to us. Well, we give them back to you like like brand new again, with a new sole, ready to go. So we'd love to do that process there. And then down the road, when we get the company up to scale, our dream is to obviously to bring manufacturing back to Canada and Fredericton specifically. That's incredible. Yeah, it really is. Well, you know, you know what I was. I'm just. I'm reading your your bio here, <clears throat> and you know, about what Ginger does, um, and one of the things it says, you know, you, you know, like Ginger, and I'm assuming you and and your your colleagues driving passion from projects that matter and working to support leaders who are changing the face of the region. You know, so you were, you know, with Ginger, and, and as I read it, we're in a supportive role, but now you're actually moving from the supportive role to actually being the leader who's you know changing the face of the region. What, what's it like of that transition? That's, it's been really interesting because, um, you know, it's been, you know, you, you can't just, you know, start a company and then say, okay, a year from now I plan to be doing this other thing. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes in that position, but really want to give a big shout out to the team at Ginger that's worked really hard to support that transition. Um, and a huge shout out to my partner slash wife, Carrie, who has gone uh, taken on the role of president of Ginger and really her kind of leadership in that that role has kind of allowed this whole thing to happen. So you're, you're, well, it, it, it must be, it's an interesting transition. And it's interesting because I, I also know it's been um, like, I've, I've read about this. So there's been a pretty amazing response. Has there not been like, cause I'm just thinking uh, I'm, I'm familiar with this and, and not, not familiar with the brand uh, other than through what I've just been reading in the last couple of weeks. Well, it is pretty cool. The community is definitely coming out to support this, and I'm super, super um, happy. More than the community, yeah. like the community, like I think the region. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like um, Frank McKenna heard we were doing this, and he reached out and said, "I love hard shoes. I still have a pair. Um, I I want to be your first customer." And then you know, Gary oh, Bolin cool. <laughs> wanted to be our second customer. So and and down from there, and uh, so a lot of people said that real the magic of the brand is it was once something that you aspired to. If you were a young professional, you know, if you were starting at, at a law firm, the partners wore hard shoes. Um, you know, there's a, you know, your young politician, you know, the, the folks standing up in, uh, in Ottawa were wearing hard shoes. So it really was an aspirational thing. And every, everybody probably over the age of 50 remembers the brand and remembers it in that way. You know, it was a thing. It was being aspire to. And, uh, so basically what we've done is we've taken that excitement and kind of, you know, use that to, to do our marketing. We've helped build that into the brand. And then everybody else is saying, okay, what's this thing that everybody's so excited about? And right. then they capture the excitement as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that, you know, wouldn't it be smart to have successful podcasters wearing the shoes? Ah, 
because everybody sees us <laughs> as well. But you know what? We could, we could certainly feel that, that feeling of empowerment. Um, <laughs> no, Andrew, did, did I hear that, you know, I, I, in the intro I was talking about the military, but I, I feel like I remember some heritage stories about, uh, you know, service people, men and women, really attracted to this shoe. I don't know if there was an official contract with the Canadian military or is there any of that? There was. Can, there was. Um, yeah, so um, Hart was, um, you know, well into, you know, being a, a, a reliable partner for um, the Canadian military during both world wars. So they produced uh, high-grade military boots. Um, world War II, there was the ammunition boot that went over to Europe on our soldiers. And, uh, yeah, same thing in World War One. And then even more interestingly, starting in, uh, I think the early 70s, they produced the uh, Strathcona riding boot for the RCMP. So whenever you see... Um, uh, an RCMP officer in the red surge uniform. These are the boots that they that they'd be wearing. Isn't that interesting? Now, um, the other thing I heard is, uh, and you just mentioned this a second ago, but the stories that are coming back to you of an older generation coming in and saying, you know, giving you those stories. Like, wh- wh- what's one of the the most compelling story that you've heard so far uh, in reviving this brand? Well, there's tons of them. Um, uh, Frank's story certainly didn't help. Uh, hurt, sorry, <laughs> didn't hurt. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, often, I think the coolest one, and I get it all the time, is I got married in my heart shoes and I still wear them. Wow. And it's often like 25, 30 years later. So yeah. it really, you know, that one I think is super cool because, you know, you would think about how many times they put put on that shoe and thought back to, you know, one of the most important days of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's really about the life they're living, right? Um, so do you feel like, it to, I mean, what, there's a certain sense of responsibility that comes along with this as well. How, how does that feel? Sure is. How, how, do, how, is, how uh, are you wearing that? <laughs> well, um, I, yes, I got to make sure I'm always well-dressed, um, have nice shoes on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do feel a sense of duty. Like I'm, I'm the steward of this brand. Exactly. And the thing that, that made this brand or Peter and I are stewards rather, but the thing that made this brand so special was, you know, probably the thousands of Fredertonians that, you know, worked so hard on building such a quality thing. Like all the families that touched all the suppliers, all the, everything like Fredericton came together to make this factory right in, you know, right in the middle of down or on York street, almost downtown, um, successful for so long. And I, you know, we represent that now. So, you know, we do have to, we do take great care in making sure that the brand is always properly represented. And, you know, that, that it, it was once something, and the founder, Ober M. Hart, actually in 1898, quoted this and said he wanted to build a large human manufacturing facility that we could all be proud of. And today, that's exactly what we're trying to do. What, so what was the founder's name? Oberhart, O-D-B-R. Okay. I imagine, you know, I'm just imagining, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a shout out to uh, Robert Simmons, but I'm imagining them having an awesome display right in the heart of Fredericton. They've been a big supporter of this podcast. Right beside the massive display of T-shirts, Boiling Point Boiling T-shirts. Point t-shirts. <laughs> Which, Andrew, I think you should go buy. <laughs> you got to buy or some, please. we could do a trade. <laughs> we'll figure something out for sure, yeah. Um, Andrew, I was, that's an interesting question uh, or point, Dave. What I want to know is, is there any Hart family members direct bloodline from uh, from the founder who's kicking around, who's, who's shown up saying, hey, this is really cool. I'm, that was my great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather. Anything, anything like that? Uh, there's a couple of distant, um, like, cousins, but we, we've not actually tracked down any direct um, relatives. So, But so Mr. Hart, 
uh, grew up in, he was from Keswick and he left to go to the U S and spent his career working in the shoe industry down there. And he ended up being, I think, a foreman of a couple large uh, shoe plants. And that's where he learned the trade. Uh, he came back here, saw the, had a vision, saw the opportunity and made it happen. But he only stuck around for about five years. And really the company, um, he was the original vision, but it was a group of 10 investors, shareholders in, uh, in Fredericton that really made it happen. Um, so after a few years, he got it off the ground. He divested his shares and you know, went back to the U.S. And from there, it was really you know a, a community-owned company. There was always a lot of shareholders up until the 50s, where it was bought out by a national company, and then on and on from there. So it was always kind of a you know a large corporate type of structure. It was never really a family-owned business. What a great what a great story. I was going to say, and when and when when this and becomes a smashing success, you'll hear from those those relatives. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait a second. Where's my shoes? Where? Uh, <laughs> I designed that pad. Yeah, it was mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, Andrew, the um, uh, other thing that's coming to my mind is I've, I'm just so excited for what you guys have done. And um, you and I have similar businesses, you know, uh, you, you know, Hemings House is a, vi- a video and film production storytelling company, and you're a marketing, digital marketing company. I, th- I play around these ideas all the time. How can I use Hemings House to create something else? I see Hemingsos as the root, as the foundation of a whole bunch of other cool projects. This podcast, in part, is uh, is a result of that. Um, wouldn't it be neat? <laughs> Here I am pu- pushing uh, new ideas on you, but like, there's probably a number of other brands that once you guys figure out the heart shoe um, process, wouldn't it be cool if you guys get in the business of reviving legacy brands? That would be really cool. <laughs> no hesitation. There was no. There was no hesitation there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I think you know. I think a lot of it is just under. You know, every time you go through this, you gain a, a finer and a deeper understanding of uh, the world of manufacturing and world of how to how to source things, how to get things done, um, and also how to be a heritage marketer. I think that's probably a specialty heritage in and of itself. Heritage that marketer I like that. may that's not a, exist. Yeah. So, yeah. Well. So. So people. How do they learn more? Andrew. And how do they buy the shoes from away? Okay. Um, so our main play is we're, so we're an e-commerce business, first and foremost. Um, so we hop on heart.ca to see our shoes. Um, and But one of the things people often say is, okay, how do I buy a shoe online? I don't know if it's going to fit. Um, so we cover the cost of shipping, give free returns, free exchanges, back and forth until you get this exact right shoe for you. Um, so yeah, So and if you're in Fredericton, um, we're, we're working on expanding our wholesale network of retailers. So in front of you, you can pop by uh, uh, Robert Simmons store. Uh, oh, I didn't you... even know that. It doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on a retailer in uh, St. John right now. It's too early to say who, but uh, you probably wouldn't have to go very far to find out uh, where to buy them. And, you know, we're early stages. Like, in, you know, our plans are to go down to the U.S. and drum up a whole bunch of retailers down there in the spring. So and, um, but for now, um, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say on, on your website, our uh, our friend Nick Wilson, another filmmaker in Fredericton, did a phenomenal film for you guys on on the front of your website, uh, Andrew. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous, and uh, it's at your manufacturing plant in Spain. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a hundred year old um, family owned business in southern Spain. So it's a, a basic. It's almost an exact mirror image of the Hard Shoe Factory. All the same equipment. Your equipment is no kidding. A lot of it's seventy years old. So it's just this beautiful coincidence that we're able to find this in a world that stopped doing things that way. Well, I, I would suggest anybody just go check out the website. Not only to buy shoes, well, and, but look and, at the film. It, well, and, it, yeah. and probably spell spell it out. H a r t t. 
And yes. it's .com, Andrew? .ca. 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 Heart.ca. Yeah. Um, one other uh, small suggestion. Um, not, not too <laughs> did sure. You, did you know you were coming on not for all these sure suggestions, that, Andrew? Uh, how aware you are of the global uh, brand that my eight-year-old has, heartfun.org. Um, but if you're not familiar, go visit H-E-A-R-T fun.org. <laughs> we should seriously, I'm not even joking, we should seriously talk about doing a heart, H-A-R-T-T, fun shoe to sell to the active yet stylish um, eight-year-old trying to, trying to change the world for the better. You and I can talk about like that, that over a beer sometime. Absolutely. Look forward to it. <laughs> you had no i i by the way just so you know andrew i had no idea greg was going to pitch so many ideas to you within this I'm interview so stoked. andrew knows how, how to do this you know he's he's, he's clearly knows what he's doing oh gosh so anything else greg we, has he, good ideas it's all good he, he's he got good ideas and, 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 and but andrew's got execution i was gonna say there you go thank you for finishing that off well, hey, man, really nice meeting you, man, and uh, and I, I really appreciate it because of this you're, you're sharing uh, a lot of information that I had I just had no knowledge of, and I I love that whole idea of heritage, heritage marketing. marketing. Yeah, that's a really yeah, cool that's concept. Cool. Uh, best of luck. I I would encourage people to go to Robert Simmons, uh, look at um, a heart shoe, um, talk to Paul Simmons about um, a deal on a Boiling Point T-shirt at the same time. Yes, maybe there's a two for one that yes. they can if they mention this episode potentially if they mention this episode. In particular um and uh yeah go check you know check out uh the 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 you know the heart site and purchase some shoes and i think i think it would be pretty cool to have a, a you know a pair of shoes well i, I think it's I, I've actually, I already told pete i already told pete that i'm gonna be buying a, a pair but you know no no but what i was thinking is like i didn't get anything from you last year at christmas i didn't get anything from you for christmas <laughs> no but this year Andrew, what do you think, Greg? I mean, pitching ideas. Do you think? Do you have any I ideas for Greg? What you could buy it me? Yeah. What, what could Greg buy me? Do you think? Because he's pitching all these ideas to you, so maybe you could pitch an idea back. I think it's a great idea. Oh. I'd love to buy you a pair of heart shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew, on that note, I got to get my butt up there and buy myself a pair of heart shoes for Dave, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what lump of coal he buys me. Well, good stuff, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, and. Um, we well, Greg and I clearly have to get a pair of shoes each. Amen. All right. Andrew, thanks, man. Looking forward to connecting in person uh, very soon. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Talk to you. Bye. 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 I just, I just love. It. I like I said when Bridget Olin was here. It's just, it is neat that we know so many people who are working or leading or owning these these heritage brands out yeah. of New Brunswick. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they're global. Recognized brand. Okay, so here's something that came up, came across my mind. That's What's that we're, now? We're listening. What's that, David? Well, as, as I was listening, I was thinking, you know, so there's these these iconic brands, right? You know, that I'm learning about. I mean, some that I'm familiar with, but you know, a hundred years from now, you know, there's all these companies that we know that are starting yep. that will have hopefully the same sort of and creating some same, same sort of legacy. Yep. And and I was just for some reason that's what was exciting me. You know, like like someone you know a filmmaker in 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 2105 says I want to revive the Hemminghaus brand because it was this you know iconic like filmmaker. But but the, but but you know I mean all these things started somewhere and and and, and I do love the staying well it's kind of neat the revival but there's also another interesting thing that that you picked up on and we touched on on the last interview is um you know and and you 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 posed the question I said like I wonder what the answer would be but you know in terms of the concentration of 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 um 
you know, these generate like these family-owned businesses mm-hmm. that survive five, six, seven generations sometimes, or four, five, six generations. Um, you know, you just wonder. It seems like there's a lot of it for this. Really, I'm surprised a book small. Well, there must a book be. There, there, there must be a book written. There is a book, and I have it. I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's it shows. It's a book all about these legacy families in Atlanta, Canada. What the heck is it? It was a famous book. Anyway, I'll find out for next time we get together, and I'll tell you. I'll get you that as well for Christmas. Love it. Um, okay, Dave, so this is but, great, but, but by the time this is out, we're like into February. Yeah, so March break. Whoops. I'll get you for, for next break. Christmas. Yeah. For, like for Easter. Everybody. Easter. Heart. I heart you, Dave. Yeah, right back at you, man. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.